Bibles to Proverbs chapter 17, and I want to draw your attention to verse 6, and of course the sermon is going to be for Father's Day, and this is a well-known verse for fathers. It says in verse 6, children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. So what does the glory of children mean? Because it's saying that the glory of children are their fathers, and what I want to preach about this morning is how to be a glory to your children. So that word glory there, uh, basically what it means, it's uh, distinguish honor or ornament, that which honors or makes renowned, that of which one may boast. And uh, so look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Here's another example of something that's a glory to maybe help us just kind of put this in context and understand it, but this is talking about women here. And it says in verse 14, Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. So one of the things that's often notable about women or a glory of a woman, an ornament, something that is looks good, something they can be proud of, is their long hair. You know, as a, as a man... You know, you don't want to have another man tell you you have beautiful hair, all right? That's that's not necessarily a compliment, all right? You know, I wish I had a little more hair, but, you know, I, you know most, most of us, our hair is not a glory to us. And for some people it is, and that's a shame to the rest of us. That's what the Bible says. Nature teaches it's a shame for a man to have long hair. There are certain physical features of a woman that are a glory to them, something that may be notable about them, and we don't want to have that as guys. If we would, it's a shame, and long hair is one of those things. So it's something that people see, something they notice, and something that is a glory to children is their fathers. And so, and you say, well, why is that? Well, think about it, because children, they haven't really accomplished anything yet as children have that. So, you know, what do you really have to brag about? So for a, a great example of this is, you know, what do you think of when you hear the name Baron Trump? Okay. Now, Baron Trump is only 14 years old, I believe. Okay? He hasn't really accomplished much, but at the same time, we all know who he is. Why? Because of his father. And because of who his father is. And if, if we had an opportunity to meet him, if he came here, we would probably you know, make a big deal about him. Why? Because Is it because of anything he's accomplished? No, it's because he's the president's son. So that's a big deal. You know, there might be some, we might give him some extra respect or something like that. You know, now some would treat him terrible if they met him. Why? Not because of anything Baron Trump's done, but because of his father. Because they hate his father. But at the end, so at the end of the day, you know, really all he has going for him, all that he is known for is his father. And so whether that's a glory or a shame, I guess it depends on your political views. You know, and, but that's another subject for another day. But, Children, okay, you know, when we see a child, like for for example, there are a lot of famous children that are out there just because of who their parents are. There's, it's always a big deal when a celebrity couple has a baby, and people will make a big deal about that baby. They might get their picture in the front of a magazine or something like that, and it's like, why? What did that baby do? What did that baby accomplish? It accomplished nothing, but because of who his parents were, they're a big deal, and so you need to understand when it comes to your children, because they're young, they don't really have anything going for them, what makes them great or what they have to their benefit or 
Anything that's notable is really who their parents are and especially who their father is. And so as parents, I believe we ought to want to be a glory to our children. I know I don't want to be ashamed of my children. I want to be a glory to them. And so in Proverbs 17, 6, we're seeing a couple things here. Because notice how it starts off saying children's children are the crown of old men. All right, And I think it's pretty obvious what that's talking about there. But grandchildren are a crown to old men. Why is that? I think there's a lot of reasons. But look at what it says in Psalms chapter 127 and verse 3. I, want, I really want you all to get this to kind of put some things in perspective that will really help you understand what you need to do to be a glory to your children as a father. But it says in verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord... And the fruit of the womb is his reward. Now, forget what you've been brainwashed with by Hollywood, the news media, and society today. And understand that children are a great blessing from God. If you have children, you have something wonderful. If you have many children, you have more of something that is wonderful. Okay? That's a wonderful thing. It's a, it's a good thing. It's a blessing. It's a reward from God. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. This, that guy who's got his quiver full of children, he's somebody that people aren't going to mess with. He's going to be somebody who's in leadership. He's somebody that's going to be respected. That's what, that's what the Bible says about that man who has children. And so since children are a great reward, we know that. We also know, though, they're a lot of work. All right? Am I lying about that? Is it, is it a challenge? Often raising children, providing for children, of course it is. It's a great deal of responsibility. And many people today, they don't always necessarily look down on having children or they don't hate children because they just hate children. Often people don't want to have a lot of kids because they don't want the responsibilities because their priorities are off. You know, they're thinking, I'd rather have more money. You know, I'd rather have more time to do whatever. And so because their priorities are wrong, they don't want to have a lot of children. But at the same time, I think most people love children, especially their own. Okay? I know we live in a twisted society today, okay? We have a twisted society. There's abortion in our country. We've got queers in our country. There's a lot of twisted stuff out there. But we're talking about normal people today. We're talking about nature. And people love their children. Okay? That's it. They, they always do. But a lot of people have been brainwashed, and they've been convinced that they would be happier not having as many children. And it's just not true. But either way, people love their children, all right? And the truth is, the reason I think grandchildren are such a crown is because grandchildren, they're loved by their grandparents just like they're loved by their parents. But a grandparent, the nice thing about that is you have these children that are your descendants. But you know what? They're not necessarily your financial responsibility. They're not really your physical responsibility. And so just like, you know, it makes me feel good having a bunch of kids, you know, that have my name, you know, but at the same time, it can get overwhelming with the responsibility sometimes. Chloe the other day comes depressing me talking about how old I'm going to be when like, you know, Kelly is her age and, you know, when, when the new babies are and I'm like, man, I am getting too old to still be having kids. I'm like, good night. You know, by the time the new baby is Tommy's age, I'm going to be almost 60. I mean, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> what, what, what were we thinking here? You know, I got a little overwhelmed there because you know, I don't feel old yet. But boy, when I'm 60, surely I'll be feeling old then. I would think. I, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad that's that uh, in our 60s here today. 
But that's just kind of how I felt at that moment. So that didn't really help me out when I heard that. But at the same time, you know, I love the idea of having children. And I like having a lot of kids with my name. And with grandchildren, said they're not necessarily your responsibility. But at the same time, they are kind of your children in a sense. They're your grandchildren. They're your descendants. They bear your name. They may even bear your resemblance. And I believe every grandfather loves seeing their children or grandchildren accomplishing things. You know, every grandparent, they like seeing, you know, I'm sure it's a good feeling when you go to a t-ball game and you see that one kid out there that's got your name on the back of his jersey. You know, that's important. Even if it's one that has a different last name, you like knowing that's your grandchildren. You know, parents, you know, as a parent, you know it makes me feel good when I go to when I've gone to recitals in the past and I'm looking at all the names in there and I see several McMurtrys in there and all those other names I don't care about. Hurry and get those songs done. Let me see my kid do things. You know and, and and so we you know we do we like seeing our name on things. We like seeing accomplishments done in our name and we're not even doing anything. It makes you feel pretty good. Okay, it's a great feeling and so that that. You know, those grandchildren, that is, they're kind of that crown to that old man. So, and I don't have any grandchildren yet, but I believe, you know, I, when I do have it, I'm, that's exactly how I'm going to feel about it. I know how it is with my dad. When he started having kids, it was some, or grandkids, it was something he was very proud of, something he liked to brag about, you know. And instead of wearing a crown with jewels on them, you know, they, what they do today is they have a wallet with pictures or a cell phone with pictures, and they show it to everybody. You know, they just want to show everybody their grandkids. And I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. Right? You might not care when other people are showing off their grandkids, but you don't know, act like you're interested in their pictures. Because <laughs> they're, they're trying to show off their crown to you and appreciate that, all right? And the baby's cute. And, you know, and that's awesome that their little, you know, uh, grandchild, you know, got his purple belt in karate or something like that. You know, let them have the thrill of sharing those things with you, all right? Don't be, don't be a jerk about that. They're proud. That, that, that's good. That's normal. That's natural. That's a wonderful thing. We see in Genesis chapter 50, verse 22, it says, And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Matra, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. Why did it, This is one of the notable things it mentions about Joseph, that he got to see all these descendants of him. That was a big deal. Every grandparent is proud of the fact that they're a grandparent. Every great-grandparent is proud of the fact that they're a great-grandparent. And every great-great-grandparent is proud of the fact that they are a great-great-grandparent. That's Hazel that comes to church. She's a great-great-grandparent. I remember when she became a great-great-grandparent. She told me about it. She showed me a picture of the baby. You know, that's a great accomplishment to live that long and see that. It's a wonderful thing. And I hope I live long enough to see a bunch of descendants and to see... I, I, you know, I want to see my name out there a lot. I want to see that name McMurtry. I, you know, and I'm thankful I got the two boys shooting for number three. All right, we don't know yet, but you know, need more McMurtrys. Got got plenty of girls. Got plenty of them. You know? and, and I'll be proud of those grandkids too. But we do. We want to see our name, don't we? We want to see our likeness, don't we? You know, every I think every grandparent that's one of the things they look for. You know, they want to look for they they want one of their grandkids to look like their side of the family. They want to see that. I was at a I was at a funeral one time of a family member, and some old guy comes walking up to me. I didn't know I had no idea who he was, and he just came walking right up to me, and he said, 
you're one of Lehman's grandsons, aren't you? My grandpa was Lehman McMurtry. And I said, yes, I am. Apparently, he saw something in me, some resemblance uh, to my grandpa. I never thought I looked like him, but he, he did. He just came walking up to me out of a big crowd of people, knew whose grandson I was from looking at him. You know, and I'm sure that's something that hopefully that would have made my grandpa proud to think that he looked like me. But uh, I, I, was, I was pretty young when he died, never knew him real well. But these are all things I think we can all relate to, we can understand. And so at the beginning of that verse, you know, it's talking about how children's children are crowned of that old man, but the glory of children are their fathers. So when you're older, you know, you're going to kind of take pride in those descendants you have, those kids you have. And we all do that, okay? We're all proud of our kids. We all like showing the family pictures, and it, it, we're all proud of them. It, it's a normal thing. And for children, it is their fathers. Because that is the main thing they've got going for them. And I want that to be a good thing. Okay, And when it comes to that, it is more than just their biological dad. It is their grandfather too. You know, And people, people love bragging about their famous ancestors, don't they? Have you ever talked to those people that are all, you know, everybody's related to Abraham Lincoln. Everybody descends from George Washington, you know, and all the big names and things like that. I don't believe half of it. But, you know, these people, they all want to brag. And we get mad when we hear that, don't we? Why? Because... We don't even know who our ancestors are half the time. But, uh, you know, th these things are, I want, if somebody finds out in the future that their great-grandfather was Tommy McRichard II, you know, I hope that it's something they'll be proud of and not something they'll be ashamed of. And it could go either way, depending on what I do in my life. So what are some things you can do to make sure you're a glory to your children? We'll turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And verse 6. So it ought to be important to every, every father in here. But look what it says. It says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith, and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. One of the things that you can do to make sure that you are a glory to your child is make sure that you actually teach them proper priorities and then you live up to those things. Because notice how this passage says, we brought nothing into the world. That child, when it was born, it came into this world with nothing except his parents, didn't it? That's all I had. And when it dies, it's going to go to the grave and it's taking nothing with it. So everything that we have, it's kind of in between that birth and that death. And what is it that your children are going to live for? What many people today are shooting for the money. That's why many people are saying no to having kids today, because they're shooting for the money. They that will be rich. They fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Many people today, the reason their lives are a wreck is because they went after all the wrong things and they destroy their lives. Many marriages have been destroyed. Why? Because the husband was too busy chasing after the money. He was too busy chasing after the riches and he didn't stick with the right priorities and, and focus on his family. Many uh, marriages have fallen apart today because of the fact they didn't have any spiritual things in their life that they needed. They got out of church. They got away from the things of God. And they got all focused on just keeping up with the Smiths and Joneses out there instead of seeking first the kingdom of God. And as a result, their families fell apart and it was a big wreck. But the Bible tells us 
godliness with contentment is great gain. Those are the things that actually make people happy. And if we can pass that on to our children, if we can pass that kind of thing on, then they're going to be happy. They'll be able to look at their parents and say, you know what? My parents were people who were happy. My parents were people that had their priorities right. I don't have any rich people in my ancestry that I know of, but I'm thankful that I, do, that I did grow up in a happy family. I'm thankful I never saw my dad abusing my mom. I never saw that. I never saw him. He never abused me. He didn't abuse any of my sisters. And we got spanked all the time, all right? But we never got abused. We never got abused. And we had a happy home. We, and I'm thankful for that. Um, and, you know, I never saw my dad going to jail. I never saw him. You know, my dad was a pastor in an IFB church. And we got a lot of people out there today trying to teach how IFBs just full of perverts and pedophiles. And it's just all corrupt and crooked. Well, you know what? My dad pastored one church for over 30 years and not one perverted sex scandal or anything like that. Nothing. Nothing like that ever happened. He passed another church five years before that. I mean, it's nothing like that ever happened. Now, you know what? I'm thankful for that. Never even an accusation of anything like that. I'm thankful that as a pastor in the IFB world, who is the son of a pastor from the IFB world, who was doing this long before I was around, that I'm thankful that, you know what? He didn't ruin my name, especially since I have the same name. I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful that I'm living a life that I can be proud of, and it's one that I was shown. It was one that I saw an example of, and so because of that, you know, these, you know, I've been able to live a happy life. I've been able to avoid a lot of mistakes that other people have made, and here I am today at almost 40 years old, and I'm not bitter at my parents. You know how many people, they have just severe bitterness towards their parents, and you know the reason most people are bitter towards their parents? It's not because of godly things. It's because they fell for the junk of the world. They fell for the psychology instead of the spanking like the Bible taught. That you need to do all that stuff. They fell for this idea that, you know, you got to provide your kids with the best college education and with all the best stuff. And then their dads went and ruined their families trying to go and just make all that money so they can give them all the things that society told them you need to give to your kids if they're going to succeed. They, thankfully, my parents didn't listen to that junk. They listened to the Word of God instead. And you know what? Here I am today, no bitterness towards my parents, still happy, still thankful. And that's what I want for my kids too. So you can't fall for that stuff. Don't, don't fall for these lusts that drown men in destruction and perdition, which is what most of the world is doing today. You've got to have pri proper priorities and you have, must live up to these things. You can't just say it. You've got to do it. You need to actually live a life that someone else would want to live. If your home is a war zone, if you're a miserable person, why would your kids follow anything you're telling them? It's, it's not going to happen. And you know, think about how rare it is to find truly happy and content people. And the Bible teaches us where that comes from. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So if you can do that, if you can do that, and you could be, your children, if they could be one of the rare kids out there that don't come from broken homes, you know what an advantage you just gave them? You know, that, that is a rare thing. I was just talking to somebody yesterday, talking about how it was weird when he was in school and with all of his friends because he was the only one that was from a home that wasn't broken. You know what? You ought to give that to your kids. That's the kind of thing 
that will make them proud of you. You know, as, as a dad, if you've got, you know, if you've had four different wives, you've got all these different baby mamas out there, there's nothing to be proud of with that. You're not going to be able to take care of all those kids the way you should and raise them the way you should when they've got all, you've got all this custody stuff going on. I mean, thank God for people that have messed up and they're trying to do the best with their situation. But man, it's tough. That's tough. And it's hard to get it right. So, you know, you need to do things the right way. Get married to one woman and stay married to that woman. So look what it says. I'll go back to Psalm 127. We looked there earlier. But notice that verse in Psalm 20, uh, 127, verse 5. It says, He shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Talking about that man who has his quiver full of children. The, thing that, the second thing you need to do if you want to be a glory to your children is you need to be someone that decent people would respect. You need to be someone decent people would respect. You know, children, just they naturally want to cover the shame of their fathers. We're not going to turn there, but remember in Genesis chapter 9, when Noah was naked and he was uncovered in his tent, and you had Ham the pervert who looked on the nakedness of his father, but then you had Shem and Japheth. What did they do? They went and they held up that blanket and they walked backwards to cover their father's shame. Why do they do that? That's a natural thing to want to do that. Listen, your father's shame, it's your shame. When you do something bad and embarrassing, it's not just bad and embarrassing for you, it's embarrassing for your children. Many people today, they just have this attitude, this is just my life, it only affects me. Wrong. What you do, it affects your whole family. You make your parents look bad when you make bad choices. If you're married, you make your wife look bad. When you make bad choices, if you have children, you make your children look bad when you make bad choices. And you need to understand that, you know, I want to be a glory to my children. I don't want to be something that they're trying to cover up. That's a shame. Just for, you know, for, you know nakedness is a shame. And just like we have a natural desire to want to cover our nakedness and hide our nakedness that goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. As soon as they figured out they were sinful, what did they do? They tried covering their nakedness. And just like it is natural to try to do that, if our fathers are doing something that are ashamed, you know what? Our kids want to cover it up. They want to hide it. They're embarrassed by that kind of thing. And I don't want to be that way for my children. And every one of us in here, we all will be remembered by specific notable things in our life. And what are you going to be known for? What are you going to be remembered for? And understand how we end our life is most likely what we will be remembered for. So, for example, you can live 60 years, be a good man, a godly man, a law-abiding citizen, and then you can go out and commit a mass murder, and those 60 years will be forgotten immediately, won't they? It'll be completely forgotten. You will be remembered for that one bad moment, that mass murder. You know, And we've got to remember these things. It's how we end, okay? Now, and I'm sure we've all felt this way before. I mean, how many here have ever worked a job before that you just didn't like very much? Okay, I think most of us probably have. And you all know that when I found out I was going to be quitting the distribution center, I was like counting down the days. And you know, there's a lot of stuff I didn't like there and things that made me mad and people I didn't like. And I had all kinds of great ideas of how I could leave that place. I was like, you know, I, I, I always just had this desire to just, when I'm like having a bad day, to just say, you know what, I'm out of here and just leave. Anybody ever felt that way at their job before? Just, you know, I just, I'm just going to leave. I felt that way many, many times, especially when I worked at the one in Spring Valley. 
I used to have this long walk back to where uh, we would start, where we clock in and everything. And I, I just, I would just imagine as I walk back there, just one of these days, just turning around and just walking the other way. To never go back. I used to think about that all the time. And you know what? I thought about it again when I was when I was over at this other distribution center. But you know what? I never did anything. You know why? Because my son was just getting ready to start working there, who has the same name as me. And I didn't want to embarrass the name of Tommy McMurtry because of the fact that everybody's going to figure out what his name is when he comes there. I knew my son with the exact same name is going to come, and then everybody, first thing everybody's going to say when they say it says his name, you Tommy's son? You know, everybody, everybody's going to know. And if I go do something really bad or something really embarrassing, that's going to make his job difficult. And not just that, too, but even the other guys here that work there. You know, if they, if you know, people knew I was a pastor there, and then they, and, and they knew that they, these guys go to my church and everything, and if I just would have went there one day and just created a scene, just did something stupid, you know, that that reflects badly on them. And you you got to understand that how you end a thing is important. And so, as many great ideas as I had, things I could do, and ways I could leave that place, I didn't do any of them. You know why? Because I got a name that I, I don't I don't want to run through the mud that I don't want to bring shame to. And you've got to make sure that you live that kind of life, that you that uh, you know, that you have a good reputation, that you're somebody that has a reputation of being a moral individual. Somebody has a reputation a reputation of paying their bills. You know, you don't want your name being in the police reports all the time and being just put out there that ever a name that everybody knows for something that's negative, that's not a good thing. And that's why many people today, I mean, there's been people that have changed their names before. Why? Because their fathers were such a shame. They don't want to be identified with that. And so what do they do? They go and they change their name. There was a rumor going around here in town that I was like the half-brother of Bo Bergdahl, which a lot of people don't know who he is, but he was he was a traitor to this country recently. Obama uh, paid a whole did a big prisoner swap and all this stuff got let a bunch of terrorists go to get this one American guy that like deserted and defected. And it was going around here in town that I was the half brother of that guy. Okay? So why did they say half brother? Well, because we had a different name. So I think they knew it wasn't going to be a full-blooded brother because we had a completely different name. But man, I wish I had a half brother. I've always wished I had a brother. It's one of the things that it's just I'm, that is the one thing I'm bitter about. My parents never gave me a brother. But uh, I'll, I'll get over it. That's like the major lacking thing in my life. But anyway, you know, I'm glad that's not true. I'm glad I don't have any relatives like that that I, you know, I don't know about. I'm thankful that, you know, my, that, you know, my parents ended well. I'm thankful, you know, my dad's still alive, but, you know, so far so good. I'm thankful for that. Uh, my grandpa on my mom's side, I mean, went to the grave. And you know what my grandpa was known for? Consistency, faithfulness, just just a blessing. My grandparents, any I could go, my, my grandparents on my mom's side were well-known in many churches. They traveled around a lot. Wherever they were traveling, they were always in churches. They were faithful to church for years. There were many pastors at my grandma and my grandpa's funeral just because they were a blessing to so many people. And... Anywhere I go, if people knew them, I'll bring up the fact that I'm their grandson. Because that scores points for me. That's the kind of people that they were. You know, I am thankful that I have relatives like that. 
that, and I have that heritage, that's a good thing. You need to leave that for your children. You need to be, a, your name needs to become a name that is a good name. If you, and some of you might already have it. Some of you may not. Some of you, maybe your parents, they weren't very good. Maybe it is a name that you're embarrassed by. But you know what? You can change that. You need to do that. So what you need to do, you need to make sure you do something that's worth remembering. Look at Psalms 16 and verse 6. Psalms 16 and verse 6. It looks like I didn't put that verse in my notes. I'm going to turn over there. I like what this says here. It says, the lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Now, what does that mean when it says the lines have fallen unto me in, ple in pleasant places? Right? I personally believe it's re uh, referring to just kind of like the the borders, you could say. You know, the uh, the like like borders for a property and inheritance. Because okay? you know, so we're not real big in this today, but back in the day, you know. Land was important. You know, land ownership and what you had. Remember Naboth, how he wouldn't sell his vineyard? Why? It was the inheritance of his father's. This was his land. It had been his family for years, and he wasn't going to get rid of it. He wasn't going to sell it. And you know, one thing that we want to leave to our children is a good inheritance. Now, I'm not talking so much about money and stuff, okay? As Christians, we're not like the children of Israel where we have been given a specific land and a specific inheritance, we're not, we're not like that. We're not possessing this earth right now. Y'all understand that? But we can still leave a good inheritance to our kids because what we can do, we can leave some good principles. We can leave the good examples. There's a lot of great things that we can leave our children. Okay? When my dad and when my parents die, I probably am not going to get a big chunk of money from them. I'm probably not going to become rich off of anything like that. But thankfully, I've already been left with some things. I've already have some inheritances that are good. And so, uh, turn over to Mark chapter 14 and verse 6. Mark chapter 14 and verse 6. Because look what it says here. Jesus said, let her alone. Talking about the woman who had that alabaster box. And very expensive that poured on Jesus' feet. You got Judas acting like it's a waste. He says, why trouble you her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, uh, ye may do them good, but me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial unto her. What are people going to say about you? You know, what is going to come up when your name is mentioned. These are things that you leave to your children. What kind, of, what kind of works you did. These are something that is good. And did you know that so, there's some people out there that are just automatically special to me because of who they're related to. Okay? So for example, you know, just like nieces and nephews. Okay? When they're born, they haven't done anything, have they? But yet, because they're my sister's children, they're special. Okay? You know, they matter to me more than other people do. Okay? There's people that I've witnessed to that when I was witnessing to them, it mattered more to me than other people. You know why? Because of who they were related to. Now, I, I witnessed some of Brother Aaron's family one time. And I kind of felt like the pressure was on more then. 
and I cared more then. I probably put in a little more effort then. Now, I didn't know these people, but yet it mattered more. You know why? Because Aaron matters. And there's been other people here in the church uh, that, that I've witnessed to before. Some who, you know, maybe they, they didn't want to get in trouble with their family for like sending me to their family's house, but they'll tell me their address and what street they live on. And so we just go knock that street. But then when I know I'm at that door, I'm paying a little more attention. This person matters a little more to me than the person in the previous door. You know why? Because of who they're related to. And because those people are important to me, I care about that person a little bit more. And you know, the truth is, if we're doing things for other people, if we're a blessing to other people, did you know our, our children are going to be cared about by more people than, than they would just anyone else? Because we've actually done something for somebody. We've actually done something good for somebody. And when you've done that, people will want to be a blessing to your children because they're your children. And people, if you're just been a curse to everybody, they won't like your children. Not because of anything they did, because of you. These are things that we can leave behind. And God's the same way with this, too. You say, oh, this is, that's not really fair. God's the same way. Look what it says in Genesis 26. Genesis chapter 26, in verse 1, it says, And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and will perform the oath which I swear unto thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And I will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Man, this is a wonderful thing that God has just promised to Isaac here. What did Isaac do? Here's, and God tells him, you know why I'm going to bless you, Isaac? You know why I'm going to do all these wonderful things for you? Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Look at all the blessings that Isaac got because of what his dad did. And folks, we see that throughout the Bible where people get blessings because of who their fathers were. And we see that people often got cursed because of who their fathers were. You know why there's even a remnant of Israel left that saved. You know why there was even a remnant in Paul's day that was still saved and elected? Why God didn't just cast all the Jews away? You want to know why? They were beloved for the Father's sake. Fathers, plural, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because they descended from them, God says, even though you all deserve to be cast away, I'm not going to cast you all away. I'm, going to, I'm just going to put you in the same group as the Gentiles so you can get saved the same way as them. You realize that was God being merciful to them? After what they all had done as a people, God would have been just in just wiping them out and being done with them. But God was merciful to them. God, in his, in his, in his loving favor, he went and he actually just put them in the same place as you and I. And now Jews today, they get saved just like you and me. If they can get over the fact that they descend from Abraham. They need, they need to get over that real quick. And if they would, they might have a chance of getting saved. So God does the same thing. And so we've got to understand that, you know, what we are doing, it's going to affect our children. You know, that my name is going to affect, you know, the future of my children. Your children might not be able to get a job because people know your name. Oh, wait, you're so-and-so, son. Yeah, I don't know if we have an opening right now. But, you know, if they know you're a good worker. If, if the dad was, 
A lot of times they know these things are going to be passed on to the kids. So you got to understand, yo, your, your life that you live often helps set your children up for success or failure. And what are you leaving? So not everyone here, though, has that goodly heritage, but everyone here can start one. We can all do that. And it should be the goal of every father to be a glory to their children. That you are not going to be somebody that your children have to hang their head in shame. And, you know, I hope that's not the case with my children. Remember what I said, too. You know, it's decent people. Because there's a lot of people out there that hate the name Tommy McMurtry. There's a lot of people out there saying really bad stuff about me. But I'm thankful that when my children hear that stuff and they see that stuff, it's usually queer saying. Not normal people. Not good people. You know, not decent people. Okay, when decent people start doing it, you know, you know, that's when it starts getting embarrassing a little bit. And so, you know, if you do anything good, you're always going to have people saying stuff about you. But just make sure, you know, it's the bad people saying stuff about you. And uh, there, there is no doubt what we do affects our children. And so that needs to be the goal of every father. Everything you do at your job, everything you do, you need to think, how is this going to affect my children? How is this going to affect my name? That matters. And it matters even more, too, if you are somebody that maybe you have a lot of brothers that have the same last name as you. You know, you, you want to make sure you're putting a good reputation on that name. That is an important thing, and I hope everyone will do that. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. I pray you'll help every father in here, Lord, to uh, put these, apply these things in their life and that they will strive to have a good name and to be somebody their children can be proud of. I just, Lord, I thank you for uh, the goodly heritage that I have. And Lord, I just pray that I can pass that same thing on to my children and they'll do the same to theirs. In your name we pray. Amen.